Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. You're listening to the Talking Metal Podcast with your host, Mark Striegel. And special guest co-host, Victor M. Ruiz. iTunes number one hard rock and metal podcast. I'm Bud Friendly. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Victor. Welcome, one and all, to another live episode of Talking Metal and Mars Attacks. I am your host, Victor, and as usual, joining me for these last few live shows, Mark Striegel. 3,000 miles away, which 3, we said to the, already <laughs> to the people listening to the stream, but if you're just listening to us on the podcast version, uh, you should know that we've been doing these for the last few Fridays, uh, every Friday night for an hour or more on the live stream, which you can listen to in numerous different places, including TalkingMetal.com. If you go to TalkingMetal.com, you will see a live 365 player on the right-hand side of your screen, and you just uh, click that on a Friday night and there's a good chance you're going to hear Victor or myself or possibly even just Victor solo doing a, a Friday night live show. And Victor, you also have the, uh, the monitor up on, or not the monitor, the, I'm staring at my, my kids on a baby monitor as we're doing this. <laughs> the uh, Live 365 player is also on your MarsAttacksRadio.com site, right? Absolutely. Yep. So anytime that I post any news regarding the live shows that we do, I always make sure to point people to that homepage where they'll find the player on the right-hand side, along with all the other uh, great links that people want to find out about regarding Mars Attacks, the uh, Facebook page, the uh, Twitter, so on and so forth. So anytime you want to find anything out regarding Mars Attacks. And we have been getting good feedback on the the live show here. We had uh, somebody write in last week. A couple of people actually wrote in these past couple of weeks. Joel from Calgary wrote in uh, and he was commenting on our discussion on Iron Maiden beer. He says, I also trust Maiden's beer, maybe for not the same reasons. I simply trust British beer, but you are right about the brewery having cred. I'm not one to jump on the beer bandwagon. 
A lot of bands will do it just for the money. Maiden seems very serious and has gone as far as talking about individual beer ingredients. These guys are real beer guys. I can't wait. And then he says, I-M-H-O. What does that mean? I-M-H-O. I-M-H-O in my honest opinion. Oh, oh, okay. Good. Yeah, in my honest opinion. I can't wait for Trooper to hit North American shelves. As your conversation goes on, and I write this, you're hitting the nail on the head. So he obviously wrote in live while we were uh, doing the the podcast, which is something you guys can do on Facebook. You can also tweet both of us. Uh, what is the best Twitter account for you, Victor? Uh, they can either do the VMR907 or Mars Aries 2005. I read both. And what I've been doing tonight is uh, letting people know if they want to contact us directly to uh, just include a hashtag TM Live. Oh, there you go. TM Live. Hashtag. Great. And already I'm on Twitter and I see Todd has responded. Todd, thanks for tuning in tonight. Good to know you're with us. Rocking it out. Uh, Todd provided some feedback last week via Twitter. Big thanks to Martin who sent in a PayPal donation uh, a couple weeks back. I think I mentioned you already on a past podcast, Martin. If not, I appreciate it. Thank you. We have a reply on episode Talking Metal episode 408 coming in from Phil. The last few Talking Metal episodes have been really great. I love interviews, the interviews with Queensryche and Saxon. I really enjoyed the episode with Mars Attacks, Victor Ruiz. I especially liked your discussion of Bill Ward and other energetic drummers. You questioned whether a drummer could keep that intensity up, and I immediately thought of King's X, Jerry Gaskill. Jerry is in his mid-50s and still has a lot of energy and hits the drums pretty hard. I saw some recent footage, and it looks like the combined stroke-slash-heart attack he suffered a year ago hasn't slowed him down a bit. Keep up the great work on Talking Metal. Wow, so uh, you're a King's X fan, right, Victor? Yeah, I, there are certain albums of theirs that I think are, are really good. I can't say that I'm a diehard, but I think albums like Dogman are absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and you know it's funny because we had been talking, I guess, in episode 408 about uh, Bill Ward, and yep. since that episode, Ozzy has come out with, I guess I would call it an official st a statement, or, or maybe it's not an official statement. It's just uh, he was uh, interviewed by Mojo Magazine recently, and he had this to say. Um, I guess it's to do with finances or something, which is something you and I were talking about in episode 408. Right. But there was also another side to it. And these are Ozzy Osbourne's words on Bill Ward again. When Bill came along, we had to ask, can he do an hour and a half, a two-hour gig? Can he cope? My suggestion was that we run through a set and see how he got on because he was man. We looked at Bill, and he couldn't remember what the fuck we were doing. But he didn't come clean and say, I can't cut the gig. But can we work something out, guys, where I'll come on but with another drummer backing me? Or I'll come on and play a few songs. That would have been cool. I get where he's coming from though his pride was hurt and i get it i really do get it the guy will always be a dear dear friend and a brother to me he can't be surprised that he didn't get the gig you know them yellow fucking stick on memo notes he had them all over his fucking drums i was like what the what the fuck is that for bill he said i can't remember what i'm doing i go how are you going to remember out there in front of fifty thousand five hundred 
how are you how are you going to remember out of those 500,000 bits of paper stuck all over your kit uh anyways i i thought it was a great statement by Ozzy up until that last bit because let's face it as much as i love Ozzy, the guy freaking <laughs> still can't remember the lyrics to uh crazy train he's got a right. he's got a freaking uh what do you call those things him and Axel both did the same thing uh teleprompter right yeah you'd think yeah, he's the so, president <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd think maybe they could get a teleprompter for Bill Ward saying, okay, four measures here, and, you know, the verse goes uh, four times, and then we go into the uh, chorus for six times, blah, blah, blah. But, um, you know, if you had the memory and, and, and physical energy level, I think are two different things. So I, I was really right on board with what Ozzy was feeding us with that. You know, the finances, the bring on another drummer. He's not cutting it. I, listen, I totally believe that. But when he got up to the not remembering things, I, I, I thought that he took it a little too far. It's like almost a double standard. Okay, right. he, I guarantee he's going to have the uh, – I don't guarantee. I would think he's going to have those those teleprompters on stage for War Pigs and, you know – the wizard and everything else, but uh, Bill Ward can't have some kind of uh, memory props himself, I guess, according to Ozzy Osbourne. Right. Yeah. That sort of coming from a guy that's played the same, you know, 10 songs for 30 years. And like you're saying, can't even remember those songs. So it's just sort of odd. Um, I found it sort of interesting what Tony Iommi had to say. He's mentioned this in a few interviews lately where he sort of got freaked out with his cancer and didn't know if he was going to live or not and said, you know what, we're wasting too much time, Bill. You have to decide by this date. If you're not on board, we're moving on with you. We're moving on without you. And it, it was interesting. I mean, it's obviously a cancer, something that isn't a joke. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and, uh, and it's interesting that, you know, he wanted to forge through and get done with the album at, at all costs almost. So I, it's cool. And, you know, I've heard some people sort of um, badmouth this track and the track that uh, appeared on CSI and people saying people from bands saying, well, this is the reason why we don't uh, put out new music anymore. And I'm thinking, but there are so many great bands out there that have been around for 30, 40 years that still put out good music. You know, we talked about Van Halen at great length uh, during the last episode i think it's unfair that if a band really doesn't have the juices anymore and really doesn't want to write anything to go out and criticize someone else and, and let's be honest a band as big as sabbath uh is going to have a giant bullseye on their back uh they've been very influential and no matter what they put out music is a very emotional thing people are going to say oh well this you know it's never going to be that way with any of these bands but i think you really have to Try to appreciate what you know what they're putting out. I mean, everything isn't yeah. going to be great, but at the same time, you know, sort of. And I do this with Maiden. You know, their last few albums haven't been the greatest, in my opinion, but I still find bits and pieces that I absolutely love and still, you know, play to death. So I think the thing with the Sabbath track, I didn't hear the CSI track, but the the God is Dead track, um, which. A couple things are popping into my mind, but I think the thing with that track for me is I I know everybody was, you know, some people were expecting the Sabbath uh, stuff to be just amazing. But let's face it. These are old guys. Um, and, uh, I, you know, 
I think the, their their most potent stuff, uh, solo Ozzy solo and Sabbath without Ozzy included, came out in the seventies uh, with Ozzy, of course, and then the early eighties with Dio and even you know Gillen and stuff. And those, of course, first couple, if not first, I could even go as far as first three, maybe four Ozzy Osbourne solo records. Um, right. Although I, you know, I like I like uh, I like No Rest for the Wicked a lot too, and mm-hmm. and uh, No More Tears. But um, anyways, uh, I'm just saying I I think the 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 thing that is was really great about God is Dead that we're about to listen to is it did not suck. That that says a lot. You know, uh, it, it it you know it, it it did not suck, and most likely this Sabbath album that's going to come out is not going to tarnish the Ozzy Osbourne Sabbath uh, era legacy. It's you know it might not be as good as Paranoid or as good as Sabotage, you know, but it's it's going to be an okay to, to decent listen at least, in my opinion. Well, the way that I look at it is if it's on par better than Technical Ecstasy or um, Never Say Die, I think it's a home run because I think we really saw that lineup slowly start to hit rock bottom. And not that those albums don't have great tracks. I love Technical Ecstasy, but it isn't like a pure, like as you're saying, Paranoid or Sabotage or you know, one of those albums that really had meat and potatoes and balls to them. It's not that those albums aren't good, but by reading all the various books, they were, you know, sort of envious of Queen or whatever, and were trying right. to go, you know, in, in a different direction. And it shows with those albums in retrospect. Yeah, uh, I thought Technical Ecstasy, you know, as a kid, I never liked it. It's weird, but recently I've really been getting into it, and there's a lot of, like, I even hear, like, Beatles influences. I right. swear, I, I whenever I hear it, there's something about, that technical ecstasy record that always makes me think of, and I haven't figured out what exactly it is, but Abbey Road by the Beatles. Well, that Bill Ward track alone, I mean, is so Beatlesque. It's all right. I mean, which Guns N' Roses covered years later and is on their live album. But um, yeah, I, I agree with you. There are so many different ingredients in there where I think with previous albums, you really only had, you know, you had blues, you had some jazzy stuff, but it was all, heavy stuff and csi thing was sort of uh two things sort of uh caught me off guard one that the actor that played a president uh gaius baltar on battlestar galactica was a key figure in this episode he was interviewing ozzy and the sort of story was that uh, ozzy was his first interview ever during the ultimate sin tour and ozzy answers back he says well i can't remember and he says well you know i figure you wouldn't remember and ozzy says no no no, i can't remember uh those late 80 years at all so i wouldn't be able to remember anything about who interviewed me then so right right so it was interesting first that they were allowed to use the ultimate sin as (laughs) you know as uh, a reference when for so many years he's been sort of you know, playing that album down. But like you said in the last episode, you know, they brought back Shot in the Dark and Killer of Giants, which both appear on that album. So uh, should we get into the track? Yeah, I got to get something to eat. I was about to eat earlier, and then I went on Twitter and uh, maybe it was (laughs) Facebook. I saw Chiaki, you know that guy from Metal Moment? Absolutely. He's always like, all he posts are like, 
pictures of his food. food and, yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I was I was like all ready to eat dinner, and then I, I saw what he was eating, and I, I lost my appetite, uh, which <laughs> happens quite often, Chiaki. So uh, please, uh, I'm just I'm just messing with you, man. Just messing with you. Anyways, let's uh, let's get into Sabbath right now. podcast version of the last live show where we play abbreviated versions of the songs to hear the songs in full go to talkingmetal.com and use the itunes links in today's show notes to open your itunes there you can purchase the music using the link also helps support what we do here thanks for your support
turn the volume down before it blows anyone's ears out. Um, God is Dead by Black Sabbath. Send us your feedback. You know, we gave it some positive remarks. If you guys like it, dislike it, or indifferent, send us, um, you know, any comments that you have, good, bad, or indifferent, regarding the song, and possibly we'll read it on the air the next time. Cool. Yeah, Crazy Chemist just checked in on Twitter and said he's listening to the show right now. Official, he uh, copied Official Sabbath with the tweet, and he says cool. uh, Official Sabbath is on. Fuck yeah! So cool, Crazy Chemist on Twitter. Thank you for joining us. You're listening to Victor Ruiz and Mark Striegel on a very special version, live version of Talking Metal and Mars Attacks. Uh, Talking Metal is my podcast at TalkingMetal.com. Mars Attacks is Victor's podcast at MarsAttacksRadio.com. Subscribe to both podcasts on iTunes. And I wanted to mention, I got a tweet from a guy named John Him, H-I-M-M, and this came in a couple days ago, a week ago, maybe. He says, Talking Metal, can the podcast be downloaded on Android yet? And it has hashtag get with the times. Uh, so um, I, hmm. I don't know. I, I, I thought I used to have an Android phone, and I thought most of the podcasting apps weren't that good on Android. Um, but I did have one that I remembered worked uh, for Talking Metal. Uh, but that's a good question, and it makes me nervous, honestly, because if you're asking, that probably means you're having problems getting it on an Android phone. And I don't know what the solution is, but it's something that I should probably look into. Do you know, can Mars Attacks be downloaded on an Android? What would you Absolutely. say to somebody who, if they asked you that question? Yeah, they, I mean, this is why <laughs> there are more Android phones sold than uh, than iPhone, or, yeah, iPhones. Um Problem is there are so many variations and there isn't one set thing like the iPhone where you can go to the app store and subscribe and it automatically does it for you. With Android, uh, there are apps out there uh, for various pages and you could subscribe to the podcasts uh, that they offer and that could you know, facilitate you uh, receiving the podcast. But technically, you can load any MP3 into uh, an Android phone. That's one of the yeah. beauties of... Um, you know, it's having an Android, RSS, everything's open. Like, like, is the RSS would it work differently? You seem to update one RSS feed, and I mean, you know, it was written by John back in the Stone Ages of podcasting. <laughs> you know, so I don't, I don't know, I, I don't know, I don't know if if it's available on Android. I would think it is, and I would hope it is, but I, I really, I don't, I don't know. Um, again, if somebody wants to listen, they could always stream it. Um, in the case of Mars Attacks, well, I'm actually talking metal as well. You can stream the episodes off of the site uh, when you click on yeah. the download link, or you could download and there it. Is, and there is too for anybody who's into these live shows and our live stream, which goes 24/7. By the way, there's music playing and other shows playing on the uh, what we're calling the Mark Striegel Media Live Stream right now, which is on TalkingMetal.com and MarsAttacksRadio.com and markstrigglemedia.com for that matter. You can listen in live 24-7, and you can download the Live 365 app for both your Android and your iPhone and listen live on, on your, your phones, too. I was listening in the car the other day. It sounded amazing using the uh, app on my iPhone. 
So uh, all you do to find the station once you get the Live 365 app is search my last name, which isn't the best way I know. And <laughs> all this, again, we're in the infancy here of, uh, of our, our network. So uh, bear with us. But for the time being, once you get that Live 365 app on your Android or iPhone, search Striegel, my last name, S-T-R-I-G-L, and that will bring you to the stream that uh, Victor and I are, are currently running here. It's funny. A lot of the feedback that I received from people that I know that listened to last week was how easy it was to listen through the app and how great it sounded. So uh, something positive uh, you know, to consider. And again, as you said, anyone that is on their Android, they can easily download that app and listen to all the great hard rock and metal that we have up on the stream. Yeah, definitely. David Isaac hit me up through Facebook, and he said uh, he commented on a recent edition of uh, Talking Metal, the Talking Metal podcast, that is. And he said, uh, David Isaac said to me two things. One, hearing John talk about the rat was one of the greatest Talking Metal moments <laughs> ever. Do you hear that story, Victor, yes. where John claimed he was attacked by a rat on 42nd Street or something? Yes, yes. And it's ridiculous. You know, when he told this story when we were recording the episode, I was like, oh, God, here he goes. Here he goes. And like I was like kind of cringing as he said the story uh, as I held the mic in front of his face. Uh, but then later when I actually went back and kind of edited the episode and cleaned it up and put it together, I was actually laughing so hard. I was like freaking crying over that story. The, the funniest thing is where at the end he's all flustered and he calls Ace. And they says, ah, you're going to be all right. <laughs> yeah, well, that was a separate story. Yeah, that was when he touched the a dead Oh, okay, that's right, where he thought yeah, it was earlier. the scrunchie. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, totally. Um, if you're, uh, I got an ace thing I want to mention, but let's continue with David Isaac's Facebook uh, note that he sent me. Two, because he said two things at the beginning. Um, I'll just read the whole thing again. Two things. One, hearing John talk about the rat was one of the greatest TM moments ever. Two, John was being nice about Ethan Broche, but so were you. After getting blown off by a relative nobody, you guys had the right to trash him far worse than you did. I hope he sold enough T-shirts to buy himself some common sense. Yeah, me too, David. And, uh, you know, I, I think we had fun with it, uh, making fun of him. You did him a favor, though. Yeah, and I actually was legitimately pissed. You know, it's like I said, if, if Eddie Trunk would have been standing there when he came off a of stage, we were backstage standing there and he literally was like, OK, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll be right back. I, if Eddie Trunk would have been there, I, I guarantee you would have freaking, you know, right, you know, gone right into the interview and, and, and did his shit. But uh, anyways, guys, email me at talking metal at yahoo dot com and tweet me or hook up with me on Twitter at twitter.com slash talking metal or at talking metal, I guess is how they do it with the, 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 the tweets. Send me a tweet right now. I see we got, I love Tila just forwarded on, uh, uh, my tweet saying we're live. Uh, I love Tila, Tila, I guess that's Tila tequila. I don't know. He lo he loves her. So, um, there you go. He's one of our, our followers on Twitter and support us with the Amazon links which you can do uh, support the talking metal podcast somewhere. Someone right now is about to make an Amazon purchase. So you, before you do that, go to talkingmetal.com, use the link in today's show notes to open your Amazon and then go search your product, find your product, buy your product. And we get a little kickback at that. And there's no extra cost to you. 
It's just an extra step going to Talking Metal first before opening Amazon. And donations, the PayPal donations are always helpful to Talking Metal. Do you have a, a donation button up on your site, Victor? I do not. I... Okay. Well, maybe soon, maybe soon. But for now, you can make a donation to Talking Metal, and I'm going to do this for people in the States. I may open it up to the people in Europe uh, in a, a little bit, but give us a $100 donation, and you will get a Talking Metal T-shirt. Give us a $100 donation starting now, and if you're listening to this podcast two years from now, know that this offer may have expired, but uh, it is, uh, what is it? It's the last day of may here 2013 let's say if, if you're listening to this uh anytime before the end of the summer of 2013 give give me a hundred dollar donation in the paypal we're using the paypal button and talkingmetal.com and i will send you a talking metal t-shirt yeah good thing you clarified there one of the funniest things i've read in a while was uh usa today wanted to be ahead of everyone with the uh dow jones story today and they uh they sent out via their news service that that the Dow Jones had dropped. I don't know how much on the last day of June. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I got a good laugh out of that because that was actually something that I discussed with someone not too long ago. How these news services love to get the exclusive. And yeah, then, well, I mean, look at CNN with the whole Boston bombing. That, thing. Yes, it was an embarrassment. They. Uh, at one point said somebody was in custody and no one was anywhere close to being in custody. Right. Right. And that's actually where it stemmed from was a discussion regarding uh, their coverage. So just goes to show, you know, you're better off almost, you know, getting the story right and not looking like a jackass. Totally. David Isaac actually, actually just checking in on Facebook, swear to God, got home and from fast and furious movie and turned on the show just in time to hear you mention my email. Too funny. Hey, David, glad you're you're tuned in and listening to us and with us. Yeah, thanks um, for checking in. Zach on Facebook uh, just commented, whatever happened to the Fuse show? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, hey, Zach, that was a long time ago, but uh, I don't even know if you're listening to the stream, but I've gone into that story many times on the podcast. Uh, that, the Fuse that, show is gone. That is Burke uh, has been planning these shows out and he's got a an agenda list and you're you're not only the on-air host here with me but you're in a way producing these shows well just trying to help out you know we sort of pitch ideas back and forth and you know mark sends me some ideas and i see some things you know um on various sites and think all right well this would be cool to comment on and maybe you know give our you know two cents worth and uh when you were talking about Amazon, there's a book that I recently picked up on Amazon because uh, the person in question that wrote it let me quote his book for my next podcast, uh, my next classic albums column, uh, which is regarding a little band that uh, he featured on the cover of Rip Magazine before anyone else. Uh, ah, Lon Friend. Lon Friend. The band is Guns N' Roses and sort of letting the cat out of the bag here. Uh, the next classic albums column will be centered on Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction. And is that premiering after tonight's episode that, that we're doing right now? At one point you were talking about that. I don't know if you worked that out. Yes. What we're going to do is from here on out, um, any new Mars Attacks podcast episodes, you'll be able to hear them after the live show, before they even go online. So 
just to give awesome. some people an extra incentive to check out the live stream and um you'll be able to hear some of these songs in in their entirety and uh what we're going to do is switch the format up a little as well uh where before we just played songs by uh, the artist that was being featured, but what we're going to do to try to get people to check out some of the people that commented uh, on the albums is also feature music by the various people that are commenting. So if Charlie Bonante of Anthrax is commenting, you hear some Guns N' Roses before and some Anthrax afterwards. So just ah, to give cool. people, Good idea. yeah, a little you know extra incentive to go out and check people's music out. You know, I'm not saying that people don't know who Charlie Bonante is, but if someone doesn't know who Alan Tecchio is, for example, who commented on absolutely everything, the least that I can do is, you know, play some Autumn Hour or Hades or Seven Witches so people go out and pick his stuff up. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, and back to Lon Friend. I mean, he, uh, you know, uh, started at Hustler, as as I think we were mentioning, and he yep. was writing some some music columns for Hustler magazine, and Larry Flint basically approached him and don't take my facts for being actually absolutely correct. actually in the book it says he pestered larry flint and the person uh, that okay. actually uh gave him like sort of the green light was uh was his late wife uh, althea right. uh in yes. the sense that uh you got I, a good memory but yeah this is coming <laughs> back to me from the book um i just read it not too long ago I guess she was wearing like a Motley Crue t-shirt or some L.A. strip band's um, shirt. And he approached her and they started hanging out and talking music. And Rip apparently had already started. And he was reading it and seeing that it, you know, wasn't what it could be. And after plenty of pestering, he was finally able to uh, to get into Rip. And initially there were some... Uh, I guess someone that didn't want to give him the free reins of the magazine. Finally, he was able to do that and build the magazine to the legendary status uh, that it reached. Yeah, totally. And he had been writing some music columns, I believe, for Hustler before that. At least one, maybe more than one. I know he into rip. So I, I believe Larry did know that Lon could write about music. And, of course, Rip... Uh, had a massive Guns N' Roses collection because uh, uh, connection because GNR who didn't really trust even back in those days you know they Axel just didn't trust the the media but he he took a liking to Lon Friend and to uh, Del James actually and I don't right. know if Axel got Del James the job at Rip or he meant Del I think Axel got Del the job at Rip. I would have to go back and listen to our interview we did with Del a number of years back. But um, I, I Del James, who is still working with Guns N' Roses to this day, and is a great writer, by the way. He wrote a lot for Rip Magazine. So uh, a great lyricist it, for not only yeah, Guns N' Roses yeah, but definitely. Testament and a few other bands. Totally, and. Uh, Rip Magazine, as Victor mentioned, featured Guns N' Roses on the cover of the magazine and for the first, really the first major right. magazine to feature Guns N' Roses. And unfortunately, Lon had a falling out with, with Axel then many years later when he appeared in the VH1, I believe it was the Metallica behind the music, right? Where he, he said something about Metallica are still here and where are Guns N' Roses? And Axel really never forgave Lon for that. And Lon even told me that, you know, on one of these more 
recent Guns N' Roses tours, you know, he, he went and he had like third row seats and he said he was like hiding his face and pulling his, <laughs> his hat down over his face because he didn't want Axel to see him and throw him out of the place. Right. He didn't want to do the whole slash it at uh, the Hard Rock in Vegas, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And and so anyways, we wanted to mention Lon because Lon has a is doing what we do now and he started his own podcast. I was just listening to episode 8 today and the guy is a natural, you know, he yeah. just he's he's you know, he's older than than Victor and I are and I'm not saying that we're spring chickens, but he's <laughs> definitely even older than us and he's just got such a uh, he's had such a amazing life with meeting so many different rock stars and and ups and downs and ups and downs and and he has so many stories to yeah. tell i mean in episode eight of the the show i was listening today he was talking about he was talking about how basically disney had manufactured a bong uh to do I had it. promotion uh, yeah did you hear that no hear that i had the bong he, what's that? I had the bong. The bong was you, manufactured for Sacred Reich's independent yeah, album. Exactly. A, and when I was in college radio, I was one of the few people that actually received the bong. It was purple. It was black on top and on the bottom. And on the back, it had a sticker by a company called Graphics, which at that time was somewhat popular in the thrash scene and was like a joker, like a demonic looking joker. And I remember receiving it and was told immediately to hide it because there were rumors that the police were going to confiscate them. They had shut Holy shit. Yeah, Disney down because of it. And I remember um, a former disc jockey on uh, WSOU uh, in New Jersey, uh, Toxic Tommy D. I forget. He was a rep at a label at the time. And I remember he asked me if I had received it. And he said, well, make sure you don't smoke anything out of it because the whatever the piece that you actually smoke out of uh, was aluminum and apparently aluminum and and heated water and bong water. And funny enough, I had that thing up until um, 10 years ago before I moved here. And I figured, well, I better not leave this at my folks house because, you know, God forbid they ever have a police raid or something and they find this uh you know, bong up in the attic. So <laughs> I, I made sure wow. to dispose of it then. Wow. You, you, uh, it's amazing. You know about this bong. I didn't realize it was so famous, but you more than anybody need to go this weekend and listen to line Friends energized yeah. podcast episode eight. Cause he ta has also has a story about the, uh, the Disney bong, if you will. Uh, that was sent out by Hollywood Records yep. for, uh, yeah, Sacred Right promotion. So check that out, Victor. And you guys should also check out the Lawn Friend podcast, Energize. Not available on iTunes, so <laughs> you're going to have to uh, track it down. Uh, it is on Facebook. He has links up to it, uh, which is crazy that a podcast uh, with a guy of Lon's uh, stature wouldn't be on iTunes, in my opinion, the biggest podcast provider out there. Right. But uh, that's how they're choosing to do it. Um, and I guess people like myself are still tracking it down and listening to it, even though it's not downloading to our iPhone via iTunes. So there you go. Lawn, Lawn Friends Energize Podcast. Well worth seeking out and well worth listening to. 
Should we hit a little Guns N' Roses, Victor? Yes, sir. This is the first GNR song I ever heard before Welcome to the Jungle came out, before Sweet Child of Mine. Eddie Trunk played this song late at night, mentioned some backstory on the band. Uh, he was on DHA in New Jersey at the time, and he played Night Train. So that's what we're going to get into right now, a little Night Train by GNR. listening to a podcast version of the last live show where we play abbreviated versions of the songs to hear the songs in full go to talkingmetal.com and use the itunes links in today's show notes to open your itunes there you can purchase the music And we are back. I can't do that like Bud Friendly, though. He's got that, you know, I don't know if it's the, the wrestling mask or what it is that gives him that certain inflection to give that special. And we're back. Yeah, no, that was a good one. That, that one right there sounded <laughs> sounded pretty pretty close. Cool. Well, we, we had a call from John on my cell phone, John Astronomy, and we tried to uh, dial him in, but, but no luck. So... Uh, John, if you're listening, text me or something, and we'll we'll try you try you back again. But what you just heard was a little Guns and Roses. We were talking about Lawn Friend, and now we are gonna kind of segue into what, Victor? Uh, a little uh, Metallica stories. We're starting to finally hear little chirpings of them getting ready to record an album we've heard they have 800 riffs we've heard they have nothing uh we're finally starting to hear that 
they're putting a list of producers together, and Rick Rubin may not be on that list. It's not a definite. So I who what producers were on the list? Uh, they didn't mention exactly who. It was for a South African agency, and they asked if um, I guess was they asked Kirk Hammett, if I'm not mistaken, if they would consider any South African producers, and he asked um, if they meant Kevin Shirley. And they responded, Mutt Lang. So that would be an interesting twist there. That would there. be really interesting. Hey, John's <laughs> calling my cell phone. Let me answer this. Hey, okay. hello. Hey, John, we're live right now. What's going on? No, no, no. We have to dial you in. Do you want us to give you a ring right back? He he can actually uh, call in as well if he wants. I All can right. give you the number. Well, here. Why don't you just dial him in? Can you dial him in, Victor? Yeah, yeah. I can do that. Cool. So... Interesting news about Metallica. I, I read that one uh, quote that Robert said about uh, James's riff that <laughs> that um, you know they're they're James's riffs bad riffs are another band's good riffs or something like that. Right, that right. Interesting quote. Which which I don't know. It sort of caught me out of left field there because he's he really isn't known for being that outlandish in his statements you know you'd figure that you know i don't know um hetfield or uh lars would say something like that but you know to hear robert say something like that was sort of really different you know um yeah yeah definitely and the other bit of he uh, is going to be on the, the Gigantor tour with Megadeth and yep. is hinting that he and Dave actually might do a Metallica song together huh. or a well, song that is was a Metallica song that Dave Mustaine has renamed something else. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, you're getting at, um, well, it depends on who you are. You either pronounce it mechanics or mechanics. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, which is Four Horsemen, but I think right. what Newstead said in the article, he's like, maybe we'll do Phantom Lord or whatever Dave now calls it, or something like weird like that. So I don't know if he was just confusing Four Horsemen and Phantom Lord or right. what. But, oh, there we go. We'll see if he picks up. See if he parked the silver spacecraft. Yeah. Hello, John. Hey, it's Mark and Victor. You're live on Talking Metal. How are you? Hey, thanks, guys. How are you? Uh, thanks for calling. Uh, I am actually in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, outside of a place called the Altar Bar, and I came here to see David Allen Coe, who huh. uh, was in Rebel Meets Rebel with uh, Timebag, and when I, I got to the uh, door, it said, uh, David Allen Coe will not be performing tonight due to a car crash <laughs> on a certain date, and uh, I guess the concert had been going to get rescheduled, but it is Jenna Jameson's birthday bash. I'm not sure if she's here. I literally just walked in like two seconds ago, and my girlfriend Lynn is inside, And uh, but I wanted to get on the phone with you guys from here, so I'm pretty psyched. Jenna Jameson, uh, excellent. And we have that picture of uh, me and Jenna from yeah. San Diego, so please... Uh, yeah, from Comcast. Yeah, yeah tell Jenna to, I you said can, you hello. I'm that. kidding. She up. doesn't know who I am, but we'll repost <laughs> now, I, it. I'll say, hey, Mark from uh, Sci-Fi. <laughs> Formerly well, a Sci-Fi. <laughs> Formerly a Sci-Fi, right. Yeah, I will repost so, that in today's show notes in the podcast version of this. Yeah. You guys got to check this place out. Uh, talking to the listeners worldwide, if you're ever in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, which is a great rock and roll and heavy metal city, by the way, there's a bar called the Altar Bar, and Mark, you will know what I'm talking about, and Victor, you probably will too. 
it's a, I, I would say like a smaller version of the limelight. Oh, okay. It used to be a church and now it's like a two floor bar that, you know, used, to, you know, the, the stage is where the altar is. And the reason that I know about this place is that when Ace was uh, starting a tour a couple of years, a year or two ago, uh, in Pittsburgh, we did, uh, rehearsals at the altar bar. So huh. it was a cool thing to get on like a club stage you know, basically rehearsed in an actual concert venue, but then the actual A show was um, at a, a different venue. But uh, the the Alta Bar is a very very cool place, so uh, you should definitely uh, check it out if you come to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Cool, will do definitely. I, I uh, was in Pennsylvania a number of weeks ago for the Alice in Chains concert. Nowhere near Pittsburgh, but I was in uh, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. And John, is that where we saw Kiss on the Revenge tour? Yeah, we saw him at the Stabler Arena. Okay, I saw I saw Allison Chains at the Sands Casino, but it it must be oh cool right near there with the Stabler Arena that was part of a school or something, right? Right, but I think it was like Lehigh University's yeah. like place where they would have like basketball games or hockey games or whatever sports that they were doing like in an arena setting. But it was a full on arena, you know, like Madison Square Garden style. Maybe maybe not quite as big as that, but uh, but very cool, very cool. Excellent. Hey, we just got a tweet from Crazy Chemist checking in on Twitter. Tweeter. Twitter. <laughs> Twitter. Talking Metal's Twitter. Uh, no, Twitter. Uh, Crazy Chemist just checked in, and he wants Victor to say something in Spanish, please. Nice. Say something in Spanish, please. That's a page out of uh, Dave Spade in Entourage. They ask him to say something funny, and he says the word something funny. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> hey, Victor, wait, how you didn't you, say buddy? anything in Spanish. Um, I don't know. Me estoy perdiendo el sonosphere. I'm missing out on the sonosphere. Uh, <laughs> so, John, when are you coming back to New York? I'm coming back on uh, Sunday night, so I'll be back in Manhattan on Monday. Excellent. So we'll, we'll cool. definitely hook and up, Victor. Uh, I hope you're doing well over there in Spain. Yeah, n not doing. Uh, too bad. Uh, the weather has been Seattle-like for the past month, but that's sort of the norm where uh, I am. <laughs> wow, it's been like that in New York too, believe it or not. But oh yeah. Hey John, yeah. and uh, as as Ace uh, Ace's right hand man, can you tell people who may be listening to the live broadcast of this the big Ace news, uh, television news tomorrow night? Oh yes, yes, absolutely. Watch Celebrity Ghost Stories on the Biography Channel, Biography Channel. And uh, Ace will be appearing, and what's really neat is they, they have an interview with Ace, and um, and then they have, like, a guy who is, like, an actor who's, like, you know, looks like Ace, uh, acting out a reenactment of a ghost thing that happened with Ace's family. And there's a little clip I put up on, uh, put a link to a clip on com. so it's really cool that they went through, I mean, they must have went through casting and all this stuff to get people that look like Ace's family and um, did, like, an entire reenactment of the story that Ace told. So it's and very, is, very cool. Do you know the story? Did. What is the story? He, well, the story he, is that, and I've even had, I, I thought that Ace mentioned the, my part of it, but I was walking in front of Ace's studio, which is part of his estate, and um, I, I inexplicably tripped and literally nearly almost felt like I was flying through the air. Like, my toes touched a couple of times, but I went, like, about 10 feet, I swear to God, like 10 feet, 
And then I landed and I was all bloody and like Ace came out and was like, what happened to you? And I said, I, I like freaking strangely fell and, and felt like I flew a little bit. I, I'm not even joking. And like, I remember Ace put Neo's forward on my hand and I'm like, this is how weird it is. Like Ace really like with the ointment putting it on my hand. And, but he tells the stories about how like his daughter, like felt like she was pushed down the steps by a force and like broke her rib. And then his wife felt like she was, pushed down the steps by possibly the same force and broke her wrist. Like, like, uh, it's strange. Like, on that estate, uh, I'm thinking that maybe could have been an ancient burial ground or something like that, because a lot of stuff, you know, like that happens up in that Westchester, New York area. And, huh. but it's definitely freaky. And like, like I said, I had a personal experience where I was walking just in front of the studio, which is fun. There are three properties on this estate, plus miscellaneous smaller buildings. And um, I uh, just felt like I tripped, but then I felt like I flew through the air, and then my legs touched the ground a couple of times, and then eventually fell, and uh, I was, like, caught up and stuff. But it was really weird. But... <laughs> Interesting. Like, I'm not even joking. I'm totally not joking. But... All right, man. Well, yeah. Tune in tomorrow I mean, I night, guys. Like flying far, but... Astronomy. Uh, with we were just reading an email from somebody talking about your rat in incident. Uh, so, oh my god! Yeah, uh, that was crazy. Yeah, I, guys, I, 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 uh, I, I feel like I better run in because my poor girlfriend Lynn is in there, yes, and absolutely. like all these crazy Jenna Jameson maniacs are probably like attacking uh, her. So <laughs> I, I, I should run in and, and make sure. Yeah, thanks for checking in, John. Uh, enjoy the rest of your vacation, and we'll catch up with you when you get back uh, to the city. Great, great. Thanks, Clark and Victor. Thanks, John. All right. Later, guys. So, Victor, should we check in with some uh, some Metallica? Sure. Uh, this is a song that they had never played live. And they played it last year at the Orion Festival since they were doing all of uh, Ride the Lightning. And they were forced to actually play Escape. So let's and, and before you play it, I remember an interview with Lars uh, on the Master of Puppets tour, and James for that matter, and actually the whole band, I believe, uh, on the Master of Puppets tour with Scott Loftus on RPM Radio in Chicago, where they claimed that the label forced them to write this song and that they that it was the one song on their three album catalog at that time that they were <laughs> unhappy with. So it's very interesting that it has uh, has resurfaced live, probably played live for the first time, maybe even maybe not. I don't know. Maybe they played it back in the day, but they definitely have not played it live for they had had not played it live for many, many years. So uh, cool. I'm ready to check this out from the Orion Fest, what, about two years ago or Last one year, year ago? Last year, actually, in Atlantic City. And during the 30th anniversary show, they actually do say that they had never played it live. And James actually says, because I guess Lars and Kirk start to play it, and James starts to say, no, 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 we're not going to play that one. We'll play any other one, but we won't play that one, something to that effect. So uh, it's interesting. I actually edited the first like minute and something out of this. But he actually says, you know, ah, I never wanted to play this one or something to that effect. And he says, you wanted it, you got it, escape. And they go into it. So, cool. So here we go. Let's get into a little escape. escape. You asked for it, you wanted it, here it is. 
go. A little Metallica with Escape. Uh, we're in, I guess, full-fledged festival season here in Spain anyway. Uh, the Sonosphere took place in Madrid. Actually, it's still taking place at 4 in the morning. Uh, the last band was going on at around 3. And they're repeating the same exact bill tomorrow in Barcelona, which is where I was going to go, but decided against going. Um, yeah, you mentioned it was going to cost you 500 bucks if you went. Why so much money? Um... Is it just travel costs? Travel costs, yeah. Uh, and because other years when I've gone to these festivals, they've had uh, camping areas where, you know, you go out with four or five friends and you camp for free and you basically drink all night. But uh, essentially this year would have had to either drive out there or fly out there. Would have been about the same. Would have been about 140, 160 euros. Uh, so you're looking at close to 200 bucks there. Uh, then about another 150 to stay at a hotel just for one night. And then whatever you consume at the festival with food and drink and taxis to and from the airport and, and whatnot. So, you know, I figured between all that that was going on and, uh, and actually my son got sick today. So I was like, all right, well, that's sort of the final nail in the coffin. Uh, originally I was going to go out with a bunch of friends and we were going to split the cost, but everyone sort of bailed on me and uh one of them actually the bastard uh sent me a picture that he actually went down to madrid by himself so ah right <laughs> but uh so that good oh you know you go ahead I, I was just i guess segueing into a big festival that happened yes. here in the states 30 years ago uh, that's what it's got to be the biggest festival that took place in the states i don't i don't know if it's the biggest but um it was massive, you know. I mean, that's uh, I'd have to look into that. It was the Us Festival, it was called, and it was put on by not Steve Jobs, but the other Steve from Apple. What was it, Steve Womack? Is that his name? Uh, Wozinski or oh, Wozinski? Okay, yeah, yeah it's some it. Polish last name. I <laughs> didn't write it down, but yeah. Yeah, the guy who was on Dancing with the Stars a couple seasons ago. Anyways, he put on the festival, and he had, uh, I think it was two days, right? And he had Heavy Metal Day, uh, which featured Van Halen, Scorpions, Judas Priest, Ozzy Osbourne, Triumph, Motley Crue, and Quiet Riot. And I used to have this VHS tape that had like three songs from every band that I just mentioned, with the exception of Motley Crue. Now, did Motley Crue play between? first before quiet riot i thought that to be the case as well but when i looked all the information up today it said that they actually played um in between quiet riot and triumph i always thought that they were the opening act like the footage that i had seen it seemed like um, when vince neal was trying to rile everyone up like they were the first act out there um, I know that Quiet Riot, and this is funny because in Wikipedia they say that the US Festival catapulted them to having the first number one uh, heavy metal album of all time. I could swear that they were still recording Metal Health when they went out to play at the US Festival. So, hmm. I mean, it could it could have been that 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 was a big influence, you know, from people that went out to see them play. Um, but you would think that an unsigned band would go before Motley Crue, who at that time was about to hit full stride. Right. Definitely. And lots of great stories from that day with, you know, David Lee Roth and, uh, 
you know, forgetting the words when he got on stage <laughs> yeah. to perform and just, I, I thought that Van Halen set, you know, is just amazing. And some real high quality footage has recently surfaced on YouTube, but that if you guys haven't seen it, it's worth checking out. Uh, also, uh, the first appearance of Jakey Lee playing with Ozzy Osbourne, kind of a, a big debut for him. Ozzy Osbourne played during the day. A lot of these bands played during the day. Yeah. I think, um, Ozzy, Priest, Triumph, Motley Crue, and Quiet Riot all during the day. The, the, the sun was out when they played. And from what I remember, Scorps and Van Halen playing in the later nighttime hours. That's interesting, though. Um, was Love at First Sting out at that time? Or was it just... No. No, it was not. That was Blackout. It was Blackout, but... Was Blackout bigger than British Steel or Defenders of the Faith? Well, I guess Defenders yes. was an out yes. then. Blackout was a, a massive record. I mean, the Scorps were so big. Uh, you know, when they came back around on the Love at First Sting record, like when they played Chicago, they, they played the Rosemont Horizon Arena three fucking wow. nights. I mean, priests <laughs> could never do that, even at the, the height of their um, right. their fan, their popularity. Um, the Scorps were a band that was that for a, a four year period were massive. I mean, so massive. And then they, you know, it's, you know, they, they just didn't have the holding power that, that bands like priest had or Ozzy had for that right. matter, but they were massive at that time. Yeah. It was interesting because I was looking at that and, and wondering exactly why, you know, I do remember as a kid that, you know, no one like you was on the radio everywhere. Um, so yeah, I guess that would, sort of support that another interesting thing that wikipedia had was that joe walsh was supposed to play on heavy metal day uh where do they fit joe walsh in i mean <laughs> i don't know i mean he had a heavy guitar sound on some of those 80s records that he did but no way is he would he ever be uh considered heavy metal in my book but you know the, who knows who knows but thankfully they moved him off that day because he definitely did not belong on, on heavy metal day right. although i having said that i love joe walsh and love his guitar playing the other interesting fact um and i guess this sort of came up a few years back when triumph released the entire album of their performance is how few acts have actually released footage of every band that played and everything was obviously recorded as well in an audio format, but we've only seen albums by Quiet Riot and Triumph. Um, yeah, and that Quiet Riot record live from the US Festival, I, th I downloaded a few tracks off it. I thought it sounded pretty poor myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the song that I selected to play sounded sonically like one of the better tracks. I don't know if they went back in and touched it up at all, but... The other tracks when I was listening to them, yeah, they sounded very like thin and did not sound good at all. Um, the other interesting thing is that they uh, chalk up the fact that $24 million were lost uh, when putting the festival together. So that's, I mean, not yeah. chump change. <laughs> no, no, I guess poor business planning considering the hundreds of thousands of people that showed up to, to it. Right. Uh, crazy that they would lose that kind of money. But right. uh, anyways, guys, thanks so much for joining us. We're going to uh, play, uh, I guess, so you're saying what we're going to hear is Quiet Riot live at the US Festival. Yes, we're going to hear a little Metal Health 
Bang Your Head, which they later changed the name of the song to for whatever reason. But uh, uh, the title track off of the Metal Health album, which to me was the best sounding out of all of the ones that I had sampled. So uh, that's what you guys are going to hear. Cool. Guys, if you're listening to the podcast version of this, be sure to tune in to the live stream Friday nights to get some live Mars attacks and possibly talking metal. Um, that's the plan, at least, moving forward. And eventually, talking metal live with John Astronomy in the studio will be returning to probably on Tuesday evenings, which was our old time slot back when we used to do the live show once a month. We used to try to do it every Tuesday, the first Tuesday of every month. I think we're going to try to do it more often than that, possibly every other Tuesday, maybe even every Tuesday. We'll see. But uh, it's a blast, and thanks to Victor yeah. for lining this up. There was a lot of stuff that we were going to talk to that we didn't get to, but we're going on uh, an hour 20 right now, and so I think it's a good time to uh, to call it a night. And my son actually is still up, my four-year-old having a meltdown, and my wife is out. So that's another reason i got to <laughs> kind of wrap it up here. Uh, so, Victor, thank you. Thank you, uh, Mark, for once again co-hosting the show with me so it's always a lot of fun so and thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next time right here on talking metal and mars attacks live this is quiet riot with metal health find cars like these on auto trader like that car riding your tail or if you're tailgating right now all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on auto trader too are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time well multitasking pro cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on auto trader new cars used cars electric cars maybe even flying cars okay no flying cars but as soon as they get invented they'll be on auto trader just you wait auto trader